Let's come before the Lord and pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank You that You are above all. Maker of the universe, we've just sung. The one who stands above everything. The one who is not affected by this earth and everything that happens in it. And yet, You are sovereign God. The one in control. Lord, we rest in that. And thank You that, more than that, You love us. Your, your own creations. And you incline your ear to us and you hear us and you read our hearts and you know our thoughts and you bring comfort and you bring healing and you bring your wisdom to us. And so we praise you. And Lord, now as we open your word too, we pray that you would help us to search our own hearts, to allow the Holy Spirit to cut away the cancer in us that is there. And to allow us to love, live holy lives before you as we leave this place. Make your word alive in us, we pray. And Lord, I pray for any here that still do not know Jesus Christ as their own Saviour. Lord, as they hear this message too, I pray that they wouldn't just hear about the topic, but that they would hear about the Saviour. Who can save? Do your work among us, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As part of our studies in the book of Proverbs, our, remember it's our veggies, we're getting our meat and veggies, vegetables, the Old Testament, a good balanced diet. And so we've been going through the book of Proverbs. Uh, we're not doing the whole book, but I'm selecting passages as we go through. I'm looking at the main themes that come out in the book of Proverbs. And so we're at the dead end of adultery today. And um, if you look at it, um, Proverbs, it speaks a lot about this specific subject. It speaks a lot about it. Why? Because it's a major cancer in human beings. We're all created with an extremely strong sex drive. Otherwise, there wouldn't be kids around. God made us like that. But it's become an idol and not kept in control and used in its proper place. And so the Bible speaks about it, and God gives His wisdom on this subject. We're going to have a fairly lengthy reading, because I want to go to three different chapters and just read some passages there, and then we'll look at some thoughts from those passages. So turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 5. We're going to read the whole of chapter 5. My son, and as we saw last week, that applies to my daughter too, my son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps follow the path to Sheol or hell. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. And now, O sons, listen to me. Do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless, lest strangers take their fill of your strength 
and your labours go to the house of a foreigner and at the end of your life you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, How I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman, and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline, and because of his great folly, he is led astray. Now go to chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. I love that. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. To preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he is hungry. But if he is caught, he will pay sevenfold. He will give all the goods of his house. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. Wounds and dishonor will he get, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse, though you multiply gifts. My son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the window of my house I have looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home, now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, and with bold face she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows, so now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I found you. 
I've spread my couch with coverings, coloured linens from Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband's not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon he will come home. With much seductive speech she persuades him. With her smooth talk she compels him. All at once he follows her. As an ox goes to the slaughter. And as a stag is caught fast. Till an arrow pierces its liver. As a bird rushes into a snare. He does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, O sons, listen to me, and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for many a victim has she laid low, and all her slain are a mighty army or a throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. We're not going to look at every single one of those verses, by the way. But let's just look at adultery in 2019. The word adultery in the Latin is the word adulterare, which doesn't mean adult, someone over 21 by the way, it's not where we get our word adult from. Because it actually means to alter, to corrupt, or even to pollute. It's what you do to coffee when you add milk to it. (laughs) So that's what the, the word, the root word means. The Bible speaks about two terms here. It speaks about fornication. If you've got a King James, you'll see the word fornication quite often. And that means having sex with a man or a woman who is not married to you. And then adultery. That's used in a slightly different term in the Old Testament. And that means having sex with a married person who is not your wife or your husband. And in Jewish cultural context, it was applied mainly to the woman having relationships. It was a bit more loose with the men. However, Jesus redefines the word adultery. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 to 28. This is what Jesus says. You have heard that it was said by the Pharisees and the law teachers, you shall not commit adultery, And then they had sub-laws and sub-sections to kind of give people leniency in some of these things. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So what did Jesus say? Adultery is uncontrolled lust, which is sin. When you think the action, you've already committed it. That's Jesus' definition. So he's up the ante. And that's why this message applies to every single one of us here today, whether you're male or female, whether you're 16 or whether you're 106. It still applies. You see, attitudes today are the following. Society says any sex between two consenting adults is okay. Whether they're married, not married, doesn't matter what relationship they're in. If you consent to it, it's okay. If you're an adult. 
And that's why we get protection for sex workers. That's why we get legalization of prostitution. Because we've accepted consenting adults into our society. And that's why these businesses can even be located in our suburbs. It's okay. Except if they're next to your house. We also have this term casual sex around. Especially among teenagers and um, the professionals. Casual sex. What is that? It's where we have relationships of convenience. That's how it's described. We want to have sex. We both agree, so go for it. Casual sex. We don't have to be married. don't have to be in a relationship. But we feel like it, so okay. Glass of wine. There we go. And then we have virtual sex. The growth of the pornography industry is growing by leaps and bounds. And especially now that we've got gadgets, it can get anything online. And so online, in the printed media, in the movie industry, you can hardly go to the movies now. And there's something. Cartoons dedicated to this. And then in our schools, sex education is called now. What are the results of this attitude that we have in 2019 towards adultery and sex? Well, the first, the major one is a breakdown of moral respect for people, male or female. But especially attitudes towards women. And yet it's the women's groups who protest against who protest against violence against themselves on one hand and then hold on to it's my right to choose what I do with my own body on the other hand. Because what they're actually doing is attacking their own moral um, respect. There's more to it than that, of course. And so as a result of this attitude of losing our moral respect for each other, and I saw this at the gay pride parades this last weekend here in Whanganui, half-naked people walking around, couldn't care less. We have a rise of sexually transmitted diseases in society. It's becoming, and I'm sure if you speak to anyone in the health industry, or, sorry, health service, <laughs> what did I say? The rise of sexually transmitted diseases is rampant. I was listening on the radio the other day, the, 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 the reported cases of syphilis is on the increase in our society, where it was 80, it's now over 500 a year. And with that comes an attack on the own person, depression. Because I'm not respected, I've, there's a loss of self-worth. With that comes sexual attacks and the Increase in that, and don't we see that in our country now? And with that comes the rise in abortion rates. You see, it's all connected. And abortion is now nearly seen as a type of birth control. We also see a, a loss of people energy as people give their time to porn. We see major relationship breakdowns in families and in relationships between man and woman. You see, porn brings other men and women into your home. I had a laugh this, this week. 
Um, the Chinese pictograph for fight is two women under one roof. <laughs> and I thought that's quite good. Um, bring pornography into your home, there will be fight if your wife loves you or your husband loves you. So where does all this take place? In society? Definitely. Is that why I'm preaching about it this morning? No. It's because it's one of the biggest cancers in the church today. In our churches. Those who say they love the Lord Jesus Christ. Two of the biggest counseling issues among church leaders is extramarital affairs and porn and how to handle it. And it's not just men, by the way. It's women too. Many women. Especially with extramarital affairs. But also with porn. And what's the cause of all this? What's the cause of all of this? It's what we read about last week in chapter 1 verse 7 of Proverbs. This is the cause of it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. There's the root cause of all this. It's because we don't have that fear of the Lord anymore. In our societies and in our churches. I'm sure I don't need to spell out how the allure of adultery works, but I want to go through a few things. You see, in the passage this morning, you'll see that it's speaking to a, a male about a female, and we're not having a go to woman here. That's not, it's using that picture, all right? Because woman, it also applies to you. There are quite a few women around who start relationships because someone they've met is more attractive than their husband or their partner and also because this person pays them attention which their husband or their partner might not do and so that's where these things start and so if you go looking for trouble you'll find it and so we have that picture that we read in chapter 7 verse 6 to 23 of that young man who's observed going past that prostitute's house the, the wife's house whose husband is away and he's enticed like an ox to the slaughter. How does that happen today? Very easily. I used to be in the corporate world. And some of the people that I know there too, and, and some of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The nah, it's gone. Trips away from home. You're away on a business trip. And you're sitting in the motel room and there are those listed numbers, sometimes in the hotel manual, for escorts. Unlimited internet access and gadgets that can go there. Loneliness, because you're on your own. Boredom, and then you go where you shouldn't go. Office banter with colleagues at work, and they'll say, oh, it's nothing serious, just a bit of fun. No, it's not. Starts with a heart to desire. Chapter 6, verse 25 says this, Do not desire her beauty in your heart, and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes, yes, even at the water cooler. Starts with a heart desire. If that heart desire wasn't there, the food, the porn industry would not be there. 
And among our youth, the attitude is, oh, it's only a harmless relationship. We're good friends. And if we want to have casual sex, okay. Or, it's only a romance novel. It's just a bit of escape from our own relationship. Or maybe, it's only a movie. I'm a grown-up. I was curious to see what all the fuss was about. Fifty Shades of Grey. Christianity Today magazine did a survey among Christians, how many Christians went to look at that movie. And this was the prevailing attitude. I wanted to see what all the fuss was about, so I went to look. I'm not going to ask for any hands here. Our curiosity. You know what happened to the cat. You see, we never lose those images from our minds. We never Our minds have an amazing retention capability. Except when you've lost your keys or the surname of someone. That seems to not work. But you never forget those images from your mind. At some stage in your life, you'll see a picture you've seen somewhere. Or a video clip you've seen. And so this applies to every single one of us. How do we excuse it inside Christianity? This is what you hear. Oh, adultery is a much more serious sin than sex before marriage. Why? Because there are covenants involved, commitments made, promises made, expectations are involved. Are involved. What about God? Sin is sin is sin before God. In or out of your marriage relationship. Or you might hear this. These are for the super spiritual. Are you listening? The adultery in the Bible is always spiritual adultery. And it usually involves, people who say this are usually the ones who are involved in adultery and they're trying to justify it. Well, what about David? What about King Solomon? Didn't God condemn those physical sins? So what happens if we give ourselves to this specific sin? And remember, this sin is no greater than lying. This sin is no greater than speeding. This sin is no greater than any of the other sins that are listed. It is a sin before God. God is a holy God. Any sin has the same magnitude to Him. What happens if we give ourselves into these things? Chapter 5, verse 4 to 5 gives us a little idea. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to what? To Sheol, to the grave, to hell. Where does adultery lead to? It leads to our attitudes as Christians and our attitudes to sex and relationships being casualized. We don't take them as seriously as what we should. And when you've been looking at those porn images on your phone, then real people in your home have to measure up to the virtual world. And you have expectations. You've seen this, you expect this. And so whether it's porn or romance novels, there's this increasing attitude of, Other people have to measure up to what I've read or seen. 
And also there's this wasted energy and opportunity in self-gratification of various kinds. Chapter 5 verse 11 says this, And at the end of your life you will groan when your flesh and your body are consumed. That's one of the things that happens, you see. If you, if you get to a point in your life and you think, look at all the time I've wasted. I could have been using my energy for. How else is this a dead end? Well, a moment's delight turns to enduring bitterness. Is it really worth it? That little office fling, is it really worth it? All the bitterness that's going to come from that. If or when you're found out. All the bitterness that will come from families split up when that relationship takes off with that other person. Because sometimes your heart can't help what's happening inside of it. You give in to those temptations. It's a bit like the danger of chocolate. Moment on the lips. Forever on the hips. That's just a small thing, hey? But make that so many times bigger when it comes to what happens to us in relationships. And so, it's not just momentary delight, it is also spiritual injury that happens to your soul. You get scarred for life. I've been involved in two sessions with people who have gone down this road. They are scarred for life spiritually. They might be a Christian, they might be believers, their marriage might even be patched up, but it will never be the same. They are scarred for life. You go through physical suffering as a result of these things. Interesting verse, verse 34. 6 verse 34. Look at this verse. For jealousy makes a man furious and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse though you multiply gifts. You're at home with this woman or this guy and the husband or the wife return home. You get found out. Beware. In Kiwi speak, you're going to get donged. There's nothing like the rage of a lover to a partner. And so that's one of the physical consequences. There are others. Chapter 6, verse 27 to 28. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Your money gets spent. What could have been used for good is now wasted and frittered away. And many, many people land in deep trouble financially because of this. Gambling and prostitution. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? And the answer is no. Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? And yes, you might have done this on holiday somewhere, but no. So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. You will pay the consequences. And sometimes those are physical sufferings. You might pick up an STD. You might pick up all kinds of things and you'll have to live with that for the rest of your life. There are other ramifications too. Endless remorse. 
in that relationship. Loss of your dignity and your reputation. Think of some of the high level people that have been caught out in society and how they've been brought down by this. Loss of dignity, loss of reputation in the society. You can never regain it again. Loss of trust to that one in your relationship and your wider family and your children. And the biggest one, if you're a believer, Christ gets crucified all over again in the eyes of society. Christianity becomes the laughing stock when Christians are found out in public. In the name of Christ is brought low. But that's not the greatest yet. What's the end result that the Bible warns us of? It says, this sin, as with any other sin, will lead to death, to Sheol. Chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. I said to you I'd be hopping around a little bit. And now, O sons, listen to me and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for many a victim has she laid low. And all her slain are a what? A mighty army. Many, many, many have been brought low by this specific sin. You are not necessarily an exception. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. So you get the picture? What do we do about that? So what? Four words for you, with a little expansion. Listen to the words of wisdom. There's your first word. We heard this last week. Listen to the words of wisdom. Listen to God's word. Listen to the instruction you've received today, through your mothers, through everyone that's spoken to you ever about the subject. Listen to words of instruction. 6 verse 20 to 24 says this, My son, keep my father's commandment. Forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart, always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you wake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life to preserve you from evil. Fill your mind with the things of Jesus Christ and then you will not want to look after these other things that come to you. Fill your mind with God's wisdom. Listen to the words of wisdom. Let it go down from your understanding to your heart so that when you're in that situation where you're tempted, immediately God's word comes to mind and you can turn away. Listen. To the words of wisdom. And if you're in that situation now, my friend, no one else needs no no one else knows about it, not even your wife, and especially not your wife. Listen to words of wisdom today. God has not brought this passage here for no reason. Listen. Second Corinthians ten verse five says this take captive every thought to make it obedient to to Christ. When you see that woman walking along the walkway, take captive every thought for Jesus Christ because it's the second thought you come after you've made that observation. That's where you sin. 
take captive that thought at its source for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ first in your thought life. And then there's a second part to it. Your body belongs to God too. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18 to 20 says this. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18 to 20. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Where does it start? Here, in your head, in your mind in your heart, and then it works out. Glorify God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, turn your foot from evil. We saw that last week. If you see you're in trouble, do something about it. Don't just leave it and think it'll go away. It'll get worse. That's the nature of sin. It never decreases. It increases if you don't do something about it. So take action. If you're away on that business trip, phone your wife or your husband. Keep the TV off in that motel room if you have to. Switch off your wireless network. Read that good book that you should have brought with you. And if all else fails, get an early night. Sleep. Don't go down that porn or the internet games route. See, internet games is another one that steals a lot of people's time. You sit there in your motel room or wherever you are and it just sucks up your time and before you know it, hours have gone by. It's another form of this sin because it's taken over your heart. And so install NetGuard software. I didn't get permission to use this. Or install a program called Soft Activity. Go and look it up if you need to. Because what it does is it gives you a browsing report and that sends it to your wife. You can set that. So your wife can see where you've been. You see, we need to be mutually accountable, aren't we? That's why God married us. To keep each other along that road. Well, I can't be more practical. Send a browsing report to your wife. She'll keep you on the straight and narrow. And you will not go where you are tempted not to go. Because you know someone's going to see you. Never mind God. Or, put a picture of your children on your monitor. And see if you can still go where you want to go. Or, sit in a public location with someone sitting next to you. If you really are struggling with this issue. That's the first one. Take action. Secondly, drink water from your own well, we read in 5.15. Why do you want to go outside all the time? And I'm speaking to married people here now. Relearn to appreciate and enjoy your own wife or your own husband, relationally and physically. Pay each other some undivided attention without cell phones around. Get a babysitter if you need to. But don't groan with remorse at the end of your life with all that lost opportunity. None of us remain young forever. 
Take some time away together if you have to. Put in leave, yes. And use it for your relationship. I said I wanted to be practical. A word to those who are not married. This applies to you as much as to anyone else. I used to be single once. Loneliness is your biggest enemy. Make Jesus your saviour first. And focus on that. Turn your focus on Him. Yes, bring in self-discipline into your life. Bring service into your life. Serve others around you. Expend your energy on serving those around you. Socialize. Get out among people. Enjoy the interaction you can have with others. And get your sneakers on. Get some exercise. We need to use that energy that God has given us. Because if we don't, we will misuse it. I want to speak a word to the elderly who thought I wasn't saying anything. And you say to me, Calvin, I wish it was a problem. Well, our hearts turn to prostitutes of a different kind when we get older. Anything that's an idol of the heart is a prostitute before the Lord. So what is your prostitute? Living life as a retiree? Looking after my own interests? Self-pleasing in everything that I do? The next big RV? What is it? And then there's a second danger. You see, the mind doesn't get old, the body does. We've all heard the term, dirty old man. The mind stays the same. The temptations can remain the same. Thirdly, don't just turn your foot from evil and listen to words of wisdom, but escape where necessary. And I'm nearly through. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Uh, 10, verse 13. This is what it says. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. And I've got it up here on a slide for you. Let's read this together. Just click again. There we go. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. There's God's word to us. You don't have to give in to those temptations. There is a way out. Find it. Apply it. Turn your foot from evil. Escape. Like Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Leave your cloak behind if you have to. But get out. Leave that relationship behind. It doesn't matter how complicated it's got. Get out. It'll only get worse. And then lastly, and this is the most important point. If you want to overcome the sin in your life, then live before the Lord. What do I mean by that? Chapter 5 verse 21 says this, For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. And he ponders, that's God, ponders all his paths. How are we to live then? There's a Latin phrase, two words, coram deo. What does it mean? It means live before the face of God. Can God see us every single moment of the day? Yes. Can He read my heart thoughts? Yes. Can He see where my eyes are wandering? Yes. 
live every moment before God. Koram Deo. And if you do, you will not be tempted to give in to temptation. Because God is here with me. He can see me. His eyes are right in front of me. Koram Deo. Proverbs 15 verse 3 says this, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. And then lastly from Hebrews, I want to leave you this verse, Hebrews 4 verse 13. Listen to these words from the Lord. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him, it's not finished, to whom we must give account. God is going to get your browsing report. It's going to be a full report. And He's going to ask you to give an account of yourself before Him. And if you can't stand before Him and say, I've laid my sins at the feet of the cross and Jesus Christ has forgiven me for my thoughts, my actions. And here I stand in the blood of Jesus Christ, if you can't say that, then He will ask you to give an account of every single detail on that browsing report. And so help you, God. Because God won't help you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the warnings that Your Word brings us. But Lord, help us to be serious with this sin. Because it's brought many, many down. And it is in many, many of us. Help us to bring this sin to the feet of Jesus Christ. And to allow His blood to cover us. And to take away the sin. And to push it into the back recesses where it is never seen again by you because you've forgiven. Lord, help us not to try and cover it and to keep it covered because like a cancer, it will grow in us until it breaks out and everyone knows and the world knows and the world laughs at Jesus Christ because we say we are Christ followers. Save us from the sin, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the one who has made it possible. Amen.